Hey guys, before we get started, I just want to say thank you. I have been getting a lot of emails lately from you guys, and it really means a lot to me. I didn't expect that when I started this podcast, I'd be able to reach so many people. And, you know, the fact that I feel like I've accomplished my goal in getting this information out there, it means more than you know. Although, I don't get back to you right away. It's nothing personal. I work full-time as well as the podcast, so I've probably read it but haven't had time to write back, and I will definitely try to as soon as I can. So please keep reaching out, and I really hope that I can continue to give you guys the kind of information that really helps you out. Okay, let's get started. Will my partner's behavior get worse, more dangerous? Will it escalate? People ask me this sometimes, and my answer is always, I don't know. I don't know your situation as well as you do, and I can't say. But what I do know, if you're questioning if things could escalate, the current situation is probably already bad. And in my opinion, sometimes... Taking time to map out, well, I think this might happen at this time and go to this level of violence. That isn't as important as accepting and understanding that any type of violence is completely unacceptable. There is never, oh, it's just emotional abuse. Nope. Emotional abuse is abuse, is violence, is unacceptable. There is never just, oh, they just hit me once. It is always unacceptable. There is never an excuse for abuse. However, knowing the signs that the danger could be escalating, it can be a good tool for deciding what you want to do next. So today, we're going to walk through a few of the warning signs along with briefly share some questions listed in Jacqueline Campbell's danger assessment. This is a tool that is used by certain law enforcement and advocates to help determine the level of danger an abused woman has of being killed by her intimate partner. It was developed by Jacqueline Campbell, shocker, I know, in 1986, with consultation from survivors, shelter workers, law enforcement, and other clinical experts. And again, just to clarify, any warning signs we discuss or red flags They don't indicate something is better or worse, that you have it easier than other people or not. These signs are a tool. It is possible to fill out the danger assessment and score at the highest level of danger and then nothing will happen. It's also possible to answer no to all the questions, but see a severe escalation in violence. Whatever you think of the questions, however you answer, They are not a way to minimize your partner's current behavior or your experience of your relationship. Every type of violence is unacceptable. This is a tool to help you determine what you want to do next, like reaching out to a local advocate or the National Domestic Violence Helpline number at the end of the show. I really encourage you to, if you're asking yourself this, please talk to an advocate. They'll be able to help you in real time. Okay, here we go. Is my partner going to get violent? Let's say you're in a relationship and things are more towards the beginning and 
maybe you've listened to a few episodes of the podcast and you suspect that there is some emotional abuse going on or is beginning. Maybe you're like, huh, this sounds a bit like me. And now you're wondering, are things going to escalate into physical abuse or sexual abuse, financial abuse? Well, first off, emotional abuse is as damaging or more damaging than physical abuse. And if you recognize you are being emotionally abused, you do not deserve it. I encourage you not to minimalize your experience and please reach out to an advocate for help because you do not deserve to be abused. Two, trust your gut. I know there's me going again with that. Trust your gut. But if you recognize that there is abuse and you are worried things will escalate, You know your partner best as a person experiencing the abuse. You're the one who knows your situation more than anybody else. So if you feel things could escalate, trust that. And by the way, because I've been saying this so many times, I'm going to quickly mention I'm not the only one who thinks trusting your gut is a good idea. There's actual research to back this up. Intuition is a more accurate predictor of partners turning violent than nearly any other warning sign. Thank you, Lundy Bancroft. Also, a lot of my research and things I talk about come from his book, Why Does He Do That? Really encourage that if you want to learn even, even more. Okay, pivoting back to our key points. Listen to your inner voice. Whatever the official questions are, listen to your gut over anything else. However, It never hurts to have some official research-based questions as a guidance point. So let's begin with a few questions for you. Has your partner ever trapped you somewhere like a room, a car, or a closet? Has your partner ever raised a hand like they would hit you? Has your partner ever thrown an object that almost hit you or did hit you? Has your partner ever held you down, grabbed you, or restrained you? Has your partner ever shoved you, poked you? Has your partner ever threatened to hurt you? If you answered yes to any of these questions, your partner is displaying violent behavior. And hold up. I can just feel people wondering, wait, what? Poking? Threatening? That's violence? What? To be clear, Violence is any behavior where your partner physically hurts or scares you or uses contact with your body to control you or frighten you. Violence is behavior like taking away your freedom of movement. Violence is making you believe you will be physically hurt and using this fear to change how you normally act. Violence is forced sexual contact and coercion. And if this behavior has been happening to you, then yes, your partner has already escalated to violent behavior. Although these behaviors are culturally minimized, they are unacceptable. And once it has escalated into this spectrum, it's likely to keep escalating. So here are some other red flags to watch out for. When your partner is mad at you, do they react by exploding, lashing out and hitting things, slamming doors or making loud noises and swearing like, okay, that was a really bad one, but you get it. Do they rip clothes? Do their actions scare you? And then do they justify their behavior? Do they go, "Hmm, well, I have a right to act this way in a smug tone? Or do they go, 
well fuck you i have a right to act this way and how dare you you're making me so angry does your partner act like it's your fault that you're scared well if you weren't so weak you wouldn't be scared if you knew how a real person acted does your partner act like you're the reason they lashed out if you hadn't blah 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 i wouldn't have to and does your partner use violent behavior to get certain things out of you have you changed the way you dress because your partner once threatened or scared you over a certain outfit oh you look so slutty are you trying to like make me jealous do you eat differently because your partner said hm, you're looking kind of fat you're kind of gaining weight did your partner bargain with you like well i'll stop punching walls and screaming if you agree to stop seeing your friends basically does your partner use really scary actions, behaviors, and threats of violence to control what you do to get you to stop doing things they don't like? Does your partner gaslight you? I never did that. You imagined it. Does your partner threaten you? Don't make me mad. You don't want to see me angry. And is your partner severely and frequently verbally abusive? The signs we discussed before the break have a few common connections. They show an increased amount of control and possessiveness. Honestly, abusers wouldn't escalate unless they felt the need to, because other methods fail, right? If an abuser never has to hit their victim, they won't. They'll use other methods. It actually makes it easier for them to keep that outwardly appearance, too, of a good person. And also, if they can convey a certain tone or a look or a hand placement and that is enough to control their survivor, well, they're going to stick with that. And the more ways a partner develops these ways of control also creates more opportunities for you to quote-unquote break their rules. And when you quote-unquote break those rules and try and go past their control, that's when the violence can escalate quickly because the abuser will try and take back their control using greater force. So while before, maybe let's say your partner used snide comments or an angry tone and that was enough to prevent you from doing certain things or seeing certain people, but now it doesn't. The abuser might then escalate from a snide comment to a slap because they say, well, the snide comment doesn't work anymore. Let me try this and see if this is enough to gain my control. And then, of course, blame it on you because obviously abusers will do that. And this is a lesser known fact I want to emphasize right now. Research also shows that one of the best predictors of whether a partner will become violent is the level of verbal abuse. And that was 100% my experience with my abuser. He used verbal abuse as sort of like my first level of control. And he was able to control me with that for so long, there was no need to escalate. But then when I began kind of pushing back at his control, he responded by first escalating the verbal abuse and then became more emboldened in his sexual abuse. I mean, looking back at my timeline, the worst violence, like sexual and everything else, happened directly when the verbal abuse also escalated. Also really closely related, 
the level of possessiveness and control displayed by an abusive partner is a massive warning sign to extreme physical sexual violence or maybe even the abuser resorting to fatal methods. So here's a story for you. Cindy Newell. Cindy married her husband when she was, I think, like 17 or 18, really, really, really young. And for years, everyone thought they were a great couple. They had two kids. I think it was two. They had some kids. They lived together and it was, you know, well, it was great, blah, blah, blah. But Cindy began telling her mother that she wanted a divorce. And she said things like her husband wouldn't allow her to wear a bikini to the beach or to go out alone at night. She felt like she wasn't herself anymore. And so she divorced her husband. And right after the divorce happened, I think within two weeks, her husband shot and killed her. Abusers view their victims as property. And they will use controlling methods to keep it that way. The cycle of power and control is crucial to that structure. And when they lose it, that's when abusers can escalate to more extreme methods. In the case of Cindy Newell, even fatal methods. So now on to danger signs that might be used to predict more extreme physical violence or warning signs that an abuser might use fatal tactics. Again, this is not a be-all, end-all list. They are signs. Please trust your gut and talk to a local advocate if you are worried that you're heading in this direction with your partner. This is not to be used to minimize anyone's experience. These are warning signs that can be used as a tool to help you determine a course of actions that is best for you. All right, here we go. As discussed before, Warning signs can include extreme jealousy, possessiveness, and violence. Basically, your partner is obsessed with you, like crazy stalker obsessed. There is sexual violence, including your partner being violent towards you during pregnancy, either a past pregnancy, a current pregnancy, one time, or just like with this kid, not with that kid. Anytime a partner is violent towards a pregnant person, really bad sign. The violent threats and behaviors have been escalating. Your partner has access to weapons and knows how to use them. You have taken steps to end the relationship, aka end their power and control over you, or you have recently ended the relationship. So recently ended their power and control over you. Is your partner depressed, suicidal, or does not seem to care what happens to them? Have they ever used violence towards other people, including pets or children? Have they killed pets? Have they used extreme methods when you have tried to leave the relationship? Are they familiar with your routines, your address, the addresses of your friends and relatives, or other personal information they can use to follow you? Is their mentality very much, if I can't have you, no one will? That last one, if I can't have you, no one will. Oh, yeah, that's a really, really bad sign. Again, 
Not a guarantee of anything, but I really, really encourage you to please speak to an advocate either locally or the National Domestic Violence Helpline. Okay, and now I just want to read a few questions from Jacqueline Campbell's Danger Assistant. This is used not by every law enforcement or every advocate, but it is used a lot. The danger assessment has several risk factors that statistically are associated with either an increased risk of homicide or an increased risk of really extreme violence. Again, just a way for you to be aware of what kind of danger there might be and for you to sort of just, you know, think about what you might want to do going forward. So along with the questions, it comes with a calendar, all right? You can actually Google this and find it and fill it out yourself. But here's a few questions I want to go over. And while I'm going over it, I also want you to think about how many times the past year has this happened? Has it happened once, a couple times a week? Sometimes the frequency means a lot. But again, even if any of these happened just once, it is completely unacceptable. It is not like your partner has a punch card for five hits and then that's all they get. No, even once is completely unacceptable. Okay, on to the actual sheet. Number one is slapping, pushing, no injuries and or lasting pain. Number two, punching, kicking, bruises, cuts, and or continuing pain. There's also beating up, so severe contusions, burns, broken bones. Threat to use a weapon, head injury, internal injury, permanent injury, miscarriage, or choking. And choking is highlighted here. Strangulation is one of those factors that police have seen again and again in homicide reports, where if there was strangulation, and it's a huge red flag, that the abuser might be heading towards using fatal methods. Again, there's the use of a weapon, as I mentioned before. Has the physical violence increased in severity or frequency? Does your partner own a gun? Have you ever left your partner? Is your partner unemployed? Have they ever used a weapon or threatened you? Was it a gun? From past episodes, we have discussed that the mere presence of a firearm in the household increases the risk of fatality in domestic violence relationships by an insane number. Has your partner ever threatened to kill you? Have they avoided being arrested for domestic violence? Did the neighbors call because there was an incident, but they weren't arrested? Do you have a child that is not theirs? Have they ever forced you to have sex? Have they ever tried to choke or strangle you? Here again, it's a really, really important question. Do they use illegal drugs? Are they a problematic drinker or an alcoholic? Again, being a boozer does not mean that they are automatically bad. Using drugs does not make you an abuser. However, having that can escalate their behavior. They can use it to justify their behavior. Does your partner control most or all of your daily activities? Are they violent and constantly jealous? Going back to, if I can't have you, no one will. And again, have you been beaten while pregnant? Have they threatened to commit suicide? Have they threatened or have they harmed your children? The next one is a question. Do you believe your partner is capable of killing you? 
Have you ever threatened to commit suicide? Does your partner follow or spy on you, leave threatening messages, destroy property, or call you when you don't want them to? Okay? With any of these questions, if you're ticking things off in your head, or even if you aren't, either way, please talk to an advocate about what this might mean. And lastly, I want to go over one that has been revised to be used in abusive female same-sex relationships. Similar, but some of them are slightly different. And again, they involve using a calendar, so marking the dates that the past incidents have occurred. The first few are pretty similar. The slapping, pushing, no injuries. The punching, kicking with injuries. Beating up, severe contusions. Threat to use a weapon, permanent injury, miscarriage, use of a weapon, wounds from a weapon. Okay, and then some questions. Is she, because again, we're talking now about female same-sex relationships, is she constantly jealous or possessive? Has she tried to socially isolate you? Has the physical violence increased in severity or frequency in the past year? Has she threatened you with a gun? Have you lived with her in the past year? Has she ever abused or threatened to abuse a previous intimate partner or family members? Does she use illegal drugs? Is she an alcoholic? Does she try to control or limit you spiritually? Does she constantly blame you and or put you down? Has she destroyed or threatened to destroy things that belong to you? Has she threatened to harm a pet, an elderly family member, a person you care for with a disability? Has she ever violated a restraining order? Does she stalk you? For example, follow or spy on you, leaving threatening messages on an answering machine or a cell phone when you don't want her to. If you were being abused and tried to get help, do you think people would not take you seriously? If you were being abused by her, would fear of reinforcing negative stereotypes about female same-sex relationships and or being discriminated against prevent you from seeking help. If you're having a serious, difficult time with her, would you keep it secret out of fear or shame? And have you ever threatened or tried to kill yourself? Again, regardless of how many yeses or nos you answered, I encourage you to please seek help with an advocate locally or through the National Domestic Violence Helpline. When people ask me, will this get worse? I can't say for sure. But what I can say is no one deserves to live in fear. No one deserves violence of any kind, whether it's emotional, sexual, financial, it is completely unacceptable and you deserve better. And as scary as it can be to think about, oh, how do I get out of this? I don't know how to leave. Please know that there are people out there who want to help you in any way possible and that you deserve better. And with that, we wrap up season three. Thank you all so much for joining me. It's been a really intense season and I cannot wait for season four. No spoilers, but I am working on something that will hopefully be a really great tool for all of us, whether we're survivors, 
advocates, friends, and allies are people who are currently in situations where we maybe think that we deserve better. So until then, if you want to reach out, please email us at thedvdiscussion at gmail.com. We are also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and it looks like President Trump is gone, so TikTok's probably going to stay around. Woo, I love it. He is gone. The abuser is out of office. Small step forward, but hey, it's a step forward. And shout out to VP Kamala Harris. Yeah, where are my fellow Asians at? We got a freaking Asian in the office. Take that bamboo ceiling. Okay. <clears throat> and if you have future sessions for shows, feel free to reach out. My goal is to share resources that I figured out while volunteering and from my experience. So if you have a question that you want answered, let me know and I'll do my best to get to it. Because we all have stories and they deserve to be heard. I'll see you in season four. If you or someone you know is experiencing domestic violence, please call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-7233. You can also visit their website, thehotline.org. If you identify as an abuser or a word you might be an abuser, please call the hotline as well. They'll be able to help you. Please remember, you're not alone.